0: Hello, welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. And I am Chip Chantry. Chantry. Uh, 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 (laughs) Kahuna. Kahuna's
1: back. (laughs) Kahuna's jumping in. Uh, Welcome aboard, Kahuna. How are you?
2: I'm good, man. How you guys been?
1: Uh, Well, you know, not not great. I'll be honest with you because uh, our uh, podcast has been taken over uh, once again. And uh, actually, it makes me feel very good uh because I get to be a co-host today as does Ken because back by popular demand by popular demand <laughs> mostly by Ken and I and and the th- and the, the the tens of fans that we have uh returning to the show uh is a a very special not guest but a very special host Ken tell him who it is
2: it is uh writer director Kieran Turner Hello. I was going to say back by a popular demand. Who's been Mm -hmm. demanding me? (laughs) Me again.
1: most. Yeah. And I'm sure I'm sure there's legions of of uh, of
0: Kieran heads out there. I will say that, Kieran, I'll say this very quickly. Uh, Our uh, I want to give a shout out to like we have a super fan uh, by the name of Michael. I don't know if he wants us giving his last name. jackson it's jackson
2: (laughs) we use ouija boards a lot on this program
0: yes we do um i want to say he found us through joe bryoth like he had he had seen your movie uh and then went looking to see if there was any podcasts talking about it stumbled on i love rock and roll and it's now like i get very nice notes from him like once awesome. a month or something and um but he he found us uh thanks to you
2: i love that well, michael i hope that you are listening um uh, to this particular episode because it is going to be a lot of fun um and uh if i may introduce the topic today uh we are talking about probably what is the most maligned Uh, Category in many, many maligned categories (laughs) of the the history of the Grammy Awards. And that would be the Best New Artist Grammy. Man, It really is.
0: Like, that's the the way you just put it is so perfect because the Grammys um, have always sort of been uh, famous for getting everything wrong. Yes. And uh, this is the category where they've apparently they seem to have gotten the the most wrong
2: Um, this category is so controversial that it actually for many years um had its own curse attached to it Um, and that was uh winning uh the grammy award for best new artist pretty much cursed the winner's career for the better part of about 15 to 20 years, um, the lion share, we'll, we'll get into that, um, uh, you know, the lion share of the winners between a certain you know, number of years, um, pretty much within a couple of years, like their career was over and you never heard from them again. Um,
1: I wonder look- if there's ever been any artists who have declined the nomination because of that. They're like we, we don't want any part of this. Like, I,
2: no. I, yeah, I think yeah. You, we would have heard that. Yeah. Uh, but like, uh, like to, Tommy Two Tone has taken a stand yeah. in 1982. <laughs> I think Tommy would have been like, "Fuck it, man! I'm going to be the one that breaks it. I'm going to be the one <laughs> yes. that 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 gets through it. Not Sheena Easton, man. No. Fuck Sheena. Fuck it's going gonna- to be." Yeah. But um, before we talk about this, actually, I would like to to um, to just give some sad news uh, that kind of uh, has to do in a very, very roundabout way with this category. Right before I got on with you guys, I just found out that um, singer songwriter Bobby Caldwell, who is most famous for a 1979 song called What You Won't Do for Love and for... Um, Most of his career, having everyone think that he was black and not white because of the sound of his voice and nobody ever saw what he looked like, um, died last night, um, had one of the most beautiful voices. And what you won't do for love is just a sort of a smooth yacht rock classic.
0: Wait here. Um, uh, Can you can you pull it up? Kahuna, can you play us a few seconds? Sure. What you won't do for. I'm only uh, Karen. Yeah, I found out today about an hour before we came here that this dude was white. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) so that's why I'm asking Kahuna to, to pull it up and play a couple seconds.
1: Um, and and, the and reason just by I, looking at his pictures, I'm not convinced that he's not an old timey private eye. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, know. He, he certainly dressed very, uh, very sort of he, he's sort of like um, like, you know, Chuck Mangione. He, he looked like he was very influenced by Chuck Mangione. He was
1: feeling so, so good.
2: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I bring him up because, you know, he is somebody who probably should have been nominated for best new artist in 1979 mm-hmm. um, but instead they they went with the blues brothers and robin williams yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and we'll we'll get into all of the horrendous you know awful choices i'm sorry kuhuna do you I, I didn't want to interrupt if he's got Bobby up do you have it yeah i'm just putting it up now. for you and i can't let go
0: Oh yeah, fuck, this is smooth, right? This is a white guy? That's a white yep. dude. I found that out today. Damn.
2: <laughs> this this seems like I'm going to delve into a catalog and have a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: I have a feeling that you're not going to get too deep into this dude's
2: catalog. I feel like... Nah, man, I want to hear what else... Listen, that was, that was pretty cool sounding. Yeah. I like that. So a lot of people have covered that song too, um, and have sampled it. So um, you know, there. You know, if, if you can't necessarily do a deep dive on Caldwell's voice or Caldwell's music, I should say, um, do a deep dive on the song because you will hear a lot of really interesting, um, different versions of it. Um, but I was I, you know, I was like listening to this this morning before I came over and I was thinking, oh, this gives me so many more ideas for like like shows like basically not not necessarily based on Bobby Caldwell. Though. But anyway, we're here to talk about the best new artist, Grammy. So let's
1: I mean, so talk. I guess, Kieran, so you never heard my side project, a 10 part documentary podcast that I did on the life of Bobby Caldwell. <laughs> that
2: only, only 10 parts. What is well. he done? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, let's start, I guess, if we want to, about the the rules about what constitutes a best new artist and how yes. they kind of varied over the years. Um, It used to be for many, many, many years that it was the, uh, in order to qualify for a Best New Artist Grammy, um, it had to be the artist's first recording. Um, Not first full album, um, but first recording. Um, That has kind of changed over the years um, to some kind of gobbledygook after um, people began complaining about the fact that uh, people like Jody Watley, um, who had actually been nominated for a Grammy before because she was one of the lead singers of Shalimar, walked away with the Best New Artist Grammy uh, for her solo work. Um, whereas for some reason sting as being the lead singer of the police got snubbed in 85 you know when he put his first solo album out so the grammys have always kind of played fast and loose with the rules and now i believe it's something where the first recording that has kind of made their name significant and and chip if that's if i'm getting that wrong please correct me
1: or from from the great people of wikipedia uh For a new artist who releases during the eligibility year, the first recording which establishes the public identity of the artist,
2: which is bullshit, because if you look, if you go back and I I know a lot about this fucking category and I'm going to (laughs) this because if you look at Maroon 5, not only who won the best new artist Grammy sometime in the aughts, um, they broke two of those rules because. Uh, Maroon five actually had their first album come out on Geffen in the late nineties when they were under a different band name called Cara's flowers. It's the exact same group, except they dumped the drummer as bands usually do, because yeah. when you don't have success, what do you do? You blame the goddamn drummer yeah, and, and not the manager who took all your money. Um, and also, um. The album that they won for came out in 2002 and didn't actually wind up becoming popular for another 18 months.
0: Yeah, because they 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 won in 2005.
2: Yeah, for for so. for the 2004 year exactly. And I can tell you that I bought that album in the summer of 2002 because I. It's just to heap onto the the many dubious titles um, that I have accrued over my lifetime. Was a Cara's Flowers junkie. I went to see a band in um, in L. A. when I first moved here, and Cara's Flowers was one of the opening bands, and I completely freaked out over them, and then became a Cara's Flowers groupie and would follow them around whenever they played L. A. So did, was they, really-
1: did they have this? I mean, it's you said it's the same group minus yeah. the drummer. Was yeah. it the same basic sound? Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. you're you're going back far enough where Adam Levine still had acne.
2: Uh, no, he was, he, uh, he was looking good, but he, boy, Adam, I don't get Adam Levine. Like, you know, there's somebody who has a fantastic voice, a fantastic instrument, and now has to use auto tune on all of his recordings because that's the sound of today.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Let,
2: let me take this amazing gift that I've got and shit it up and make it sound like everybody else. I, I just, I don't get it. It irritates me anyway, back to this. So, um, I can remember being a kid and just being absolutely like the first time I ever took notice of this was Whitney Houston, um, who in 1985 was, you know, like a humongous star and, you know, had one of the biggest debut albums, if not the biggest, um, you know, in, in musical recording history, it's nominated for a ton of Grammys that year, but was somehow left off the best new artist list because she had the year before recorded duets on albums with Jermaine Jackson and Teddy Pendergrass and was deemed ineligible. Um, ridiculous, you know, just a, a ridiculous rule. Yeah. Do you think so? She won a bunch of Grammys that year, right? Like she won. I think she won one Grammy that year.
1: Because yeah. it's like, are they because if she was nominated for so many others, were they like, well, she's nominated for other stuff, let's give it to somebody else. Like, is it that behind the scenes stuff that you're thinking maybe
2: No, they actually because I remember that there was a bit of a of a brouhaha at the time and and they and there was actually a a press statement that was released that she was ineligible okay, specifically because of those recordings. And two years later, um, Richard Marks, who I know is a friend of the show and a a former guest of the show, the same kind of thing happened to him. He had a really you know, big debut uh, album in 87 and was deemed ineligible because he had had a soundtrack, a song on the soundtrack the year before of the Tom Hanks, Jackie Gleason bomb, uh, Nothing in Common. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that same year, Jody Watley who had been the former lead singer of Shalimar, a Grammy-nominated R&B group, not only was nominated for Best New Artist, but won the award that year. So she was deemed eligible, but Richard Marks, who had only had one song on some shitty soundtrack, was not. So yeah, the Grammys are are just full of shit. Um yeah, it's, it's crazy, just the way that they play fast and loose with the rules. And I think the, and then they decided to kind of go In a different direction where they, they, they didn't necessarily announce it, but you started seeing, um, music acts nominated in the category who had already had albums out. There was a band in the nineties called the crash test dummies. Sure. Who were nominated. Um, they had that awful song, um, 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 mm-hmm. um, um, mm-hmm. um, which was a hit, but they had had an album out three years prior to that. And they'd had a song that was actually kind of a pretty big hit on MTV called Superman song. So they oh, wow, I didn't realize, that. I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that. that that was their second album. And then somehow they were, they were deemed to, uh, you know, be new artists and, um, the craziest uh and then there was also paula cole paula cole was nominated uh the year that she had "Where of all the cowboys gone and the the theme to the the dawson's creek series uh, which my friends and i were all big fans of back then and we would just sort of like greet each other with doo, doo,
0: doo, doo. <laughs> um <laughs> wait it's uh it's interesting. I'm looking at th- so this is, uh, I think, a pretty good example of the Grammys just getting everything wrong. Yeah. So this is who Paula Cole was. Uh, here, here's the fellow nominees for Best New Artist that year.
2: Okay. Fiona, 98,
0: 98. She 98, beat okay. she beat out Fiona Apple. That's that's criminal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> see, see what I did there? I do. Uh, Erica Badu. Hanson and Puff Daddy. I yeah. mean I think you can argue every single one of them went on to much bigger careers.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like Paula Cole had those two songs and then you never heard from her again. So she yeah. is definitely one of the 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 curse that we'll we'll talk about. Um and then look at the year um was it the year after um yes look at the year after for another like ridiculous um grammy uh thing here um the winner like the, the lauren hill one yeah lauren hill won the grammy for best new artist for for the year for the music year 1998. um yes it was her solo debut but she had just won a grammy two years ago for fronting the Fuji. yeah she'd already yeah.
0: sold millions of yeah. albums
2: Yeah, that is that is not uh, a best new artist. Um, Of course, she didn't really have much competition there. I mean, the Backstreet Boys, Andrea Bocelli, the Dixie Chicks and Natalie Imbruglia. um, I probably would have voted for her, too. Um,
1: By the way, I wrote that. That sounds like of all of the nominees that they listed on this article, it's like that's like the craziest a variety show you would ever be like uh, coming up later. Backstreet Boys, Andrea Bocelli, uh, Dixie Chicks, and Natalie and Brulia. Like it's just there will be the uh, the variety show of my nightmares. Right? Yeah, now. it's it's
2: the episode of the Sunny and Share show that we wish we would have gotten. That yes. we wish that Sonny would not have skied into a tree for just to have stayed alive. That we could have seen <laughs> that we could have seen the Christmas special. Go left, Sonny Go left. Go left. Andrea Bocelli is depending on it. Um. <laughs> but you know so uh, yeah so there was there were those particular choices and and culminating in the in the award for the 2001 best new artist shelby Lynn. yes was on her i believe 10th album mm-hmm. at the time her first album was released in 1989 and she won best new artist even she got up there when you know even she was just like what the fuck you know, she got up there and the first thing she said was, I'm not a new artist. I, I've I've been recording since 1989. Um, of course, that didn't stop her from refusing it. That's she,
0: that's uh, what I was like. I would almost be insulted to get yeah, that. I yeah, would be right. like, all right. Like, I get I'm not uh, I get I'm not uh, a mainstream name, but Jesus, uh, this is my 10th album. Yeah, it she, by like the way, she I mean, sh- Shelby Lynn's a fucking amazing singer. Like she has got, she has got, uh, one of the best voices I think out there.
2: Um, And guess what happened to her after she won the Grammy? That was it. Nothing. (laughs) 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 Um, which kind of brings us, I think, to our, our next, you know, like thing about the best new artist is that, uh, there is somewhat of a curse on Mm -hmm. this particular category in that, the majority of artists who have won it, you know, especially over a particular, um, you know, timeline, um, have rarely been heard from again. Um, you know, there's there's a huge uh, list of of artists um, starting in I want to say something like you know nineteen I'm uh, nineteen seventy six with the Starland Vocal Band and and um, you know who won um i mean look say what you want about um afternoon delight i personally think it's a, a fabulous little pop song you know i mean it's 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 fun i i wouldn't have given them uh, a best new artist Grammy for it especially when you consider that they were up against um of you know boston yeah
0: yeah, yeah.
2: the brothers johnson um Dr. Buzzard's original Savannah band, which I'm not, I have no idea who the hell they I are. need to get into them. I just need to get right, into get them. For and, wa- and Wild Cherry. Wild Cherry. I mean, come on, you're talking about um, a band that invented arguably the best baseline in, in rock music ever on mm-hmm. um, um, Play That Funky Music, and you're going to give it to the Starland Vocal Band. I just, you know, I think that kind of really started the what the fuckness yes. of um, of the the best new artist Grammy.
1: The year after that one really hit me. 78, oh. A taste of honey.
2: No, 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 no. You're skipping one. Oh, I'm skipping one. Seventy eight well, was
1: Debbie Boone. Debbie Boone. Oh, Debbie. Bo- oh, that's right, Debbie Boone. Yeah. Oh,
2: because they thought, how can we like take the Starland Vocal Band and up the what the fuckness of it by by a hundred?
0: Yeah. So yeah. Debbie Boone. Well, that was um. You, light up, uh, my you light up my life. Right. Yeah. Oh, I hate yeah. that fucking song. Yeah. Um, she beats out foreigner. Uh, yeah. Andy Gibb Shot was it was Andy Gibb. Gibb one of the Bee Gees or was he the brother uh, that did was, So that was Andy legit. Was
2: his, yeah. Andy Gibb was his younger bro- yeah. was, was their younger brother. And that was definitely his um, his debut. Sha- shadow boxing, shadow, shadow dancing, shadow dancing. Um, yeah, a lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, Andy Gibb had you know his first three sing song- singles went to number one in the space yeah. of you know eighteen months. So he was he was huge. Um, and even Sean Cassidy, who I would not have put up you know for this award, you know, um, was you know a little bit more legit than um, than Debbie Boone. Yeah. You know. Um, but, uh, you know, and let's also talk about another group who was wonderful, uh, The Emotions, you know, uh, who probably should have been up there uh, for, you know, that year. Um, but yes, then let's let's talk about A Taste of Honey.
1: So I remember, uh, I mean, I I was very young, but in the years following, uh, remembering Boogie Oogie Oogie, like yeah. I was like two years old at my uncle's wedding, dancing to that song, thinking it's great. So say what you will about Boogie Oogie Oogie. But- a Taste of Honey won in 78, beating out Chris Ray, who I, I don't really know. Uh, but who do you think it's over right?
2: was his was his song. OK,
1: yeah. Yeah. But so they beat out him. They beat out Toto. Elvis
0: Costello mm-hmm. and the cars, the fucking cars, the cars who, with that who had a perfect debut album.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have. Oh, and, and, and you want to know who wasn't even nominated that year? meatloaf oh wow oh my god come on come
0: on yeah. that out I mean, of that was the. that yeah. was probably the album of the year that year yeah
2: yeah, yeah. I, you know um and 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 was left off for you know for a taste of honey evelyn champagne king who if you're going to talk about who's you know who's a better disco artist than a taste of honey you know she was wonderful there were there were several disco artists if that's what you're going to you know to go for mm-hmm. uh, that and I, I don't mean to like to to shit on taste of honey um that was a good song and then they they came back with with a remake of sukiyaki like three years later before completely falling into the abyss that was a huge hit um and that was quite wonderful and also another one who wasn't nominated that year eddie money oh, my oh God. wow you know, I mean, so that's, that's just the the whole thing is, is it's just, it's nuts. Um, But Starland Vocal Band, Debbie Boone, A Taste of Honey, three acts that won the, the Grammy for best new artist and were gone within, you know, uh, a matter of a couple of years. And then we'll move on to the next year, someone who is my all time favorite female singer, um, who won uh, and you know, was likely never destined for uh, a a lot of hits, you know, absolutely deserved the Grammy that year. And that was Ricky Lee Jones.
1: Yeah. Which Uh, I I did some digging on her as I was doing this. And, you know, obviously recognized a few songs, but I was like, like you said, it's not hit worthy music. It's not top 40 stuff, but wow. I like, I need to dig into her more because she was like I mean, and just the people she had surrounding her, like Dr. John and all those people and just such a cool, such a great vocalist and such a cool sound.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you could argue that she doesn't necessarily belong in the cursed category because she was probably never going to, you know, like Chucky's in Love was a fluke. Yeah. You know, it was a fluke kid. It was a great song. And it absolutely just but but
0: she's was. listen, she she's yeah. still working today, she's right? Like working. she's still wow. out there. She's still tours. I, I always thought of her as more like an album artist.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and and as if I can put my doc filmmaker hat on for a sec, um, there was a recent documentary made about her that got absolutely no distribution. The way that I was able to find it was it was on one of those library apps like Canopy or, yep. uh, yeah. Um, someone made a documentary about her recording what she had assumed, uh, and I think is, is still true, was going to be her last album of um, new material ever, you know, she's been doing a lot of like cover albums, uh, you know, in, in, in recent years, um, you know, and her voice has, has definitely matured, um, kind of like Joni Mitchells did, except that Ricky actually still sounds good. Um, Joni is, is painful to listen to, understandable, you know, with everything that she's, uh, uh, you know, gone through. Um, but, It was really sad to watch this because number one, Ricky had to go, had to resort to crowdfunding to pay for the recording of the album. Um, And she hired a producer who had, you know, worked with a lot of, a lot of artists and was not, you know, necessarily a spring chicken himself, but just like you could see how frustrated she was, she was paying for this, you know, basically out of her own pocket and crowdfunding and no one was listening to her. No yeah. one was, you know, no one was listening to what she wanted to do or how she felt her voice would sound or how she heard what the songs that she had written, and it it made me really feel sad for her, um, because you know she was just she was just somebody who should have had much more respect, um, you know, even even you know today, mm-hmm. um, and then and, let's get to and, and, the- by, and by the
1: way before we we watch she had a very interesting pack of nominees that she came up with in ni- ninety nine yeah. in seventy nine. Yes. uh the the knack mm-hmm. which I guess arguably didn't really do too much after that right my right. Sharona and then, right yeah um dire Straits which yeah. obviously he's meant and then we have the Blues brothers
2: yeah. and
1: Robin Williams <laughs> uh one of the only uh one of the only comedians ever nominated for best new artist
2: so yeah yeah. i mean after the 60s you didn't really see comedians nominated um you know bob newhart actually won the grammy uh for best new artist um but i mean his comedy album was gigantic uh the button down mind of of bob newhart and i pe- think people don't talk about
1: that as much as they yeah. i think they should like a it's to this day it still kind of holds up as i mean a lot of comedy obviously from the 50s and 60 does not hold up but most of that does it's hilarious to this day he won album of the year and best new artist as a comedian yeah, it please. was widely selling and what's the story that do you remember that ken or e- either be a It was like his one of his first time, if not his first time performing or performing that material ever. And they recorded it. And that's when what went up as the uh, that's what won as best new album, uh, best new artist and best and album of the year.
0: Yeah, that sounds familiar. It's so, it's
1: something um, like that, like a fluke. Like he, he he, you know, he was an accountant. He did all that, and this was one of his first times ever. If it was his first time on stage doing it, or at least doing that material. And they just happened to record it. They put it out, and it just went into the stratosphere. Yeah. And That's awesome.
0: In, he, he um he they. I think I read he's one of like three artists to win album of the year and best new artist. I have I have the other ones. There's, there's I think there's four others. Uh, so in
1: 1960 Bob Newhart won album of the year and best new artist. Christopher Cross did it in what maybe like 1980, 80. 80. Yep. Uh Lauren Hill did it, like we talked about. Uh Nora Jones yeah. did it in the right. early 2000s and uh, uh most recently anybody want to take a guess? I think 2020 maybe? This person Oh, yeah. Billie Eilish? Billy Eilish. Billie Eilish did it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, and and let's let's take a step back for a second and talk about somebody who won album of the year was nominated for best new artist and didn't actually win it. Okay. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And that was Alanis Morissette um, who actually, Shouldn't have even, well, I mean, at this point, she, you know, with with the rules of the Grammys, she actually was eligible. Alanis had recorded a bunch of like teeny bopper kind of uh, albums, Mm -hmm. but I think that they were only released in Canada. Mm -hmm. So I don't don't really even know, you know, what the, what the eligibility was, but by that time, nobody was, was caring if it was her first album, but she um, won album of the year for Jagged Little Pill and lost the Best New Artist Grammy to Hootie and the Blowfish. (laughs) wow i mean to to,
1: to win out of the year and not win best new artist yeah isn't that ironic yeah hey yeah. guys i gotta go Take care <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right lock the door um you know it's it's crazy but you did mention chip christopher cross who uh we will you know who is you know next right after ricky lee jones the year after christopher cross walked away with five grammys that year and within three years his career was over well, yeah. I, I just, I saw,
0: um, I don't know if you guys have watched this. I want to say it's um, it's either on Paramount Plus or Peacock. Mm-hmm. There's an excellent, Kieran, this might even be a good uh, subject for you, a good topic for you to come back for next time. They put out a three-part documentary on soft rock like Yacht Rock yes and
2: that was one of the categories that I was thinking about with Bobby
0: Caldwell yeah and it was like the rise and fall of Yacht Rock and the rise fall and comeback and Christopher Cross is very vocal in the documentary about he came along right when MTV came along yeah. And Christopher Cross, if you ever seen him, he, he he looks like, you know, he looks like an accountant. He looks like he could be your substitute teacher. Yeah. He, he doesn't he doesn't scream rock star. Yeah,
2: and not a good looking he, man. Yeah,
0: no. And he's still to this day, super bitter about because I, I I mean, look, if if you like that kind of music, like he nailed that kind of music. Uh, I yeah. still think Arthur's theme is the greatest Opening credits original song for a movie maybe ever Um, But he had the funniest line he was so bitter He was like I thought all I had to do was make great albums. I didn't know right. I had to look like Leonardo DiCaprio. No, Leonard DiCaprio. <laughs> because I didn't know I had to look like Leonard DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: but yeah, but I mean he's somebody who who, you know, he gets I mean I I I think he's absolutely justified in in being angry about that. Um but, you know, he got he got lucky in that his his success was extended like a couple of years because of, you know, he put out his second album in 83, early 83, and it was not a hit. Um, you know, I think it barely went gold and, you know, he had like a top 20 hit, you know, when it, when the album first came out and then the second single kind of stiffed and then the record company wasn't going to do anything, but General Hospital, um, which had a history of making uh of actually making hit songs they had done this earlier that year with a song called baby come to me which had been released in 82 by james ingram and patty austin it had barely scraped the bottom rungs of the hot hundred and then fell out and nobody heard it again um a producer at general hospital loved it and they started using it and it was um re-released and went to number one
1: yeah because i was just gonna say it's like i as yeah. a little kid, I definitely yep. remember that song. That was, you know,
2: that was all due to uh, to you know General Hospital, and they had done the same thing a couple of years prior with the Herb Alpert song "Rise." They had used it, strangely enough, as the theme during the uh, scene where Luke rapes Laura um and it you know it became a number one hit it was a huge hit so um there was there was a storyline where laura had been like presumed dead and they started using this christopher cross song called think of laura which had nothing to do with this and he wound up getting a top 10 and it was his last hit um but apparently he was really pissed off because he never was he never gave them permission to use it which i i find like I call bullshit on that because as a filmmaker, I know you you've, you know, if you're licensing something for, yes, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, for, for you know, film Maybe or television. His management did or something. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah but I, I just I don't know. But anyway. So yeah, so Christopher Koss, and then there was a one year respite um, in 81, where Sheena Easton won and Sheena had a career of about 10 years where she was hitting the chart and hitting the chart. And, you know, um, and then, uh, for the next three years, we had flopola after flopola, starting with men at work Mm -hmm. who were dead after a year culture club. Um, you know, boy, George is a personality, but culture club was pretty much over with, Mm -hmm. you know, within 18 months Mm -hmm. and Cyndi Lauper who, you know, had chart hits for about two or three years. Yeah, it was, like, it was like
0: over by the Goonies, I feel like.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, True Colors came out and then, you know, she couldn't buy a hit. Um, and uh, and Why do you then, think that was with her? Is it just, like...
0: I actually have a theory on that. Yeah. yeah. She never changed. Like, you know, like, you know how Madonna was yeah. constantly chasing trends and fashion like cindy lopper dresses the same in 2023 as she was doing in the 80s and i feel like you 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 hit the zeit uh what's that word i'm trying to say zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. it's funny thank you I, I was gonna use that word
1: it's like it's almost like the best new artist should be called the zeitgeist award yeah like, it's like yeah. it's because these people it's like i mean you know, culture club they were huge for right then and there and then n- nothing else
2: yeah you know and then let's talk about some of the people i mean and, and i'm not saying that culture club was undeserving of the war of the award but you know let's look at some of the people that were up you know i mean some of the crappy people that were up you know like uh musical youth or men without hats you know but eurythmics mm-hmm. i mean talk about you know a, a sound that absolutely evolved yes mm-hmm. You know, and and and, and even, know, even big country. And yeah, and big country. I mean, you know, big country was, you know, kind of a one-hit wonder, but I I felt like they they had talent. Yeah. Um, you know, um, but and then um and then there was the the infamous Whitney Houston year, um, where you know it was one of the few years where the curse, you know, did not strike, and that was um Sade. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean Sade, strangely enough, and I say strangely enough because she seemed or that that band seems like it would be a flash in the pan but Shade is 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 somebody who will go away for 10 years and then she'll put out an album and it will sell yeah, yeah. You know, she's got this fan base that you know is just waiting yes
0: it's like every album is a comeback album yeah.
2: Yeah, it, it really is. It's she, amazing. She had that song. I remember in, in two
1: thousand. I think MTV Two was pretty new, and I would watch it. You know, and, I, and she had that
2: song "By Your Side." Yes. In 2000. Yeah, two thousand. Love yeah. that song. Which is a, it's just a killer yeah. song. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, no, and it's it's crazy. I mean, I, 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 you know, that's that's the way to have a career. You know, I mean, she's she's not chasing trends. She's not. You know, she she doesn't have to worry about it. She just has to. I think Cindy actually you know thought and rightly so that you know after a while she didn't have to worry about that kind of thing because she actually had the goods yeah. she had the talent she, yes. she had as an had and still has an amazing an voice. incredible voice yeah for yeah. sure she but- is uh interestingly enough, I, uh cindy lopper
1: needs to win an oscar mm-hmm. and she will officially egot
2: yeah because yeah. she has an
1: emmy a grammy and a tony
2: yeah and then um, she,
1: yeah so get to
2: writing Cindy, you yeah, know, I, Cindy. I remember Cindy put out an album of covers back in the, in the early aughts. And I was really excited for it, but, um, you know, and she was kind of hoping that it would, it would do something for it. Cause that was when a lot of people were kind of doing that yeah. and I, I heard it and I hated it because she took all of these classic songs and she gave them these ridiculous arrangements. And I thought, when you when you have a voice like Cyndi Lauper, all you need to do is sing. Yeah. You you don't you don't have to sing, you know, you don't have to take a, a, a famous song and give it a calypso beat because you're trying to <laughs> you know, you're, you're trying to show that you you don't have a voice. You just have to let that shit go. And so I don't know. I Which I, is covers so big, covers are she's...
0: tricky, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Like it, it's
0: sometimes it's they come up with a new arrangement and you're like, oh my God, I never would have thought to hear this like that, but then sometimes the song is just so fucking perfect on its own. that You don't need to change it.
2: Just you don't. And and, and to tie this back, actually, I just remembered this um, to our topic at hand. When Whitney Houston was denied the nomination in uh, in eighty five, people bitched and moaned about it, and they used both Cyndi Lauper and the Eurythmics. As examples of why Whitney should have been nominated, Cindy had a band that had a major label debut in 1980 called Blue Angel, where oh, she really? was a singer, and it's actually it's a great great little album. Um, and Eurythmics' um, "Sweet Dreams Are Made of These" was their second album. Yeah, they had an album called In the Garden. Um, you know, and so yeah, you know, so yeah, so Whitney. Um, was was kind of fucked over. And then you had three more artists after that who, you know, did the one or two and gone. And that's Bruce Hornsby in the range. Mm-hmm. Where are they? Jody Watley, you know, yeah. who shouldn't have even been eligible. And Tracy Chapman, you know, who, you know, extended a little. She had she was lucky enough to have a last grasp of a second yeah. big hit 95. But you know, where when have you heard about her again?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know and, what? Uh, just re- back to Cyndi Lauper real quick. You know yeah. what I learned recently that I never knew? Um, Girls Just Want to Have Fun is a cover song.
2: Yes. yes, yes. It's yeah.
0: a dude wrote and sang it. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, blows my mind because it just seems like such a female anthem.
1: Was that Robert Hazard that did that? Yeah. It was Robert.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Philly guy. Yeah. Um, um, But, you know. After Tracy Chapman, that brings us up to probably our most uh, notorious and scandalous yeah, winner. Yeah, I want to talk about this. The best artist in history. Ladies yeah. and gentlemen,
1: buckle up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is, go ahead, Ken.
0: Millie Vanilli. Yes. They are, from what I can tell, uh, they're the only band that's ever been stripped of a Grammy. Yes. So that so that blows my, so they're, they, they win the Best New Artist Grammy. Uh, they beat out the likes of um Nene Cherry, Indigo Girls, Tone Loke, Soul, to Soul So really, whoever would have won, uh, like it would have been a Best New Artist cursed. I, I don't feel like any of them went on to anything.
2: Yeah, Exactly. Um, you know, and let's talk about a couple of people who weren't even nominated that year. Roxette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, you know, were huge for a while. Mm-hmm. Um Karen White who you know had several R&B hits you know yep. that year and then after and then there were a few other people who weren't necessarily huge but were were far more talented
0: what what so the the scandal erupts you know they they're caught lip syncing um it absolutely destroys their career i think i think their follow up album sells like what Did we chip? We like it, it, sold like 200 copies. It was like yeah, it was crazy. It went to an independent copies. label that couldn't yeah. even I, I afford to. I think it was, I think
2: it, it was uh, I think it went wet paper. Um, <laughs> if, that, if that's if that is a certification, sort of yes,
0: <laughs> I believe it is. <laughs> but they actually stripped them of their Grammy, and so like Phil Spector never got stripped of a Grammy chris brown is still getting nominated chris brown was nominated in 2023 um and uh nobody has stripped him of a grammy
2: yes and i would like to just for a second take you back uh some 20 years prior to millie vanilli and look at who was nominated in the 1970 um grammy award uh category for best new artist um and that would be um the Partridge family. Now, if you will, please tell me what exactly the differences between the Partridge family and Millie Vanilli. Yes. David Cassidy sang on it but everybody else who sang and played on it were session players and they were trying to put it off like it was actually Shirley Jones and you know Danny Bonaducci and Susan Day and those two retarded kids I don't remember their names <laughs> who just sat and, and and banged the the tambourine uh, you know I, were they were they like medicating Suzanne Crow I I trade for a little Tracy I mean I don't know um More it was but the you know 70s I mean, I mean it's it, so it's it's this is not un- Precedented.
0: No, no, it, it's um, God, it's like I know everybody's like, oh, the Grammys are racist and it's I I I just think that they're I think fucking they're I just think they're stupid Like I just I, I don't know who yeah. uh, I don't know how they come up with who gets the nominations I don't know how many artists actually have input But I just think that they're like.
2: Yeah, I remember there was a year where Chip Chantry got not. Oh, Chip's back. What's good? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Like, like I was, I was looking through the sixties. Okay, so like, the Beatles won in nineteen sixty-five. Yeah, look where they went. Yeah, I mean they had a couple more years. But this is this is who they beat out, and uh, Petula Clark. Petulia Clark. uh Here, Astrid Gilberto, Antonio carlos jobum mm-hmm. and Mor- morgana king like i've with the exception of patula i've i've not heard of any of those um here but it, it seems like they didn't take the british invasion too seriously at any point the they didn't Roland- and they,
2: they didn't take rock and roll too seriously no. you know they they at, at some point in the 60s i mean look, look at who won before them in 63 the swingle singers yes yeah you know, and do you want to talk about, um, that year who was not nominated, uh, for best new artist, Barbara Streisand. Oh, wow. Wow. The Swingle Singers won along with, and were nominated alongside Vicki Carr, who I, I have heard of John Gary, no idea. The J's with Jamie, no idea. And Trini Lopez, who's, you know, like I like a one hit wonder. Um, and no Barbra streisand i i i don't get it you know so yeah so it's 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 absolutely nuts but they but the grammys would have like like categories like you know best contemporary or best r and r you know uh recording and they would they would give it to to, to like a band like like to a group like the swingle singers or the ray conniff singers yes. you know and who are you know are, are just ridiculous easy listening kind of things and you know it's actually a shock that the Beatles won yes yeah Yeah. Grammys had not caught up with uh you know with uh with I mean look at some of the other look at 1966 1966 was a year that they didn't even give an award or nominate anybody and that was a year in which the following acts were eligible to be nominated for best new artist the association the left bank Walkaway Renee mm-hmm. the yep. Walker brothers and the mamas and the Papas oh my God yeah I mean come on you, you know and it's
1: like you, my that's like my dad's entire
2: record collection right? I, <laughs> it, it, it's crazy it's like you, you and I mean you could even reach further in and grab somebody like say Crispin St. Peters, you know, who was a one-hit wonder in 66, but it was a great hit, The Pied Piper, to fill out that category. You yeah. can't tell me that there weren't five artists that, that you know, were, were worthy of a nomination that year. A- and was there an explanation given? Why? I never saw. I never saw anything um, yeah. about that. And then, you know, but then you look at some of the other, you know, years where people... Uh, just it blows your mind you know the next year Bobby Gentry won and I mean yes um the the Ode to Billy Joe was a huge song but you know who wasn't nominated The Doors yeah yeah you know and uh, you know in 1970 the year that we talked about with just with the Partridge family um the Jackson five was not nominated I mean it's it's insane you know Ann Murray the Partridge family and Melba Moore were nominated. I'm not knocking any of those. I'm the biggest Partridge family fan in the world. But, you know, um, how do you not put the Jackson five in there? That's you know, incredible. wait. So um, uh,
0: I, I just Googled who are the worst people ever to win a Grammy. Uh, Millie Vanilli is number one above Chris Brown at number two.
2: Oh man!
0: <laughs> like and by the way, the session musician, the session musicians who did the Millie Vanilli album, they were just as good as Chris yeah. Brown.
2: Yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, we were talking about Bruce Hornsby and the Range. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to say that they were untalented. Um, I, I they they were not my uh, they were not to my taste you know but they certainly were a success but you look at that year look at some of the other people that were nominated that year horrible horrible one hit wonders like new shoes Timbuk three which had probably the most annoying song of of that year with but the, the so future so, so bright oh I hate that uh, song awful um and glass tiger and yet crowded house you know was not nominated you know Mark Cohn won in nine in 1991 not knocking Mark but where is he now Pearl Jam was left off the list. Right. You know, Crash Test Dummies were nominated for their second album, but Jeff Buckley was not. You know, nominated for for his debut. So it's, yeah, it's Jeff Buckley's Grace might is probably my favorite album of, yeah. of all time. Yeah, it,
0: it's um, it's absolutely crazy. yeah. It it does seem like it does seem like grunge was also sort of uh yeah. you know not taken seriously
2: yeah no absolutely absolutely but the thing about grunge is there were a lot of bands who had put out Mm -hmm. smaller releases like you know like Like on 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 smaller labels, you know like like sst you know um where the rule was still it had to be your your first album you know, um, so, you know, people like, I think I'd like, certainly Soundgarden, you know, um, wouldn't have been eligible, um, for the, you know, due to the stupid rules, um, of, of, of the, the Grammys at that time. But, you know, it's, it's just nuts. And, and, and the, the curse, you know, like went into the nineties, you know, we just mentioned Mark Cohn arrested development, absolutely worthy win. They right. were wonderful, but you never heard from them again. Yeah, as far in- as a prognostication, it's yeah. not.
0: Yeah, but look at look at who was nominated against Arrested Development: Billy Ray Cyrus, Sophie B Hawkins, Chris Cross, and John Cicada.
2: So yeah, all of them would have been. Yeah, it. Uh,
0: it, it you could you could have spun a wheel, and it would have uh, ended up equally. <laughs> I guess figuring out the best new artist, it's like. It's sort of like when the states were were first coming together in this country and you had to figure out the capital based on what you thought was going to be relevant in the future, you know, and some, they just, I was just in Harrisburg.
1: What are you going to say about Harrisburg? I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. What are you going to say about
0: Harrisburg? It's a shitty fucking capital. Oh, it's Uh, awful. It's awful. It is. Um, I did a. Jo- I was in Harrisburg over the weekend. I did a joke about living at the Jersey Shore, mm-hmm. and some dude came up afterwards and was like, "So sorry you live in Jersey." And I was <laughs> like, "Dude, they had to make an announcement for you people to turn your pagers off before the show started." <laughs> I live on the beach in one of the most cultured cities uh, on the planet like you're have a phone clip to your belt.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, but, you know, so I, I had told you that, that I, my, I had had a story uh, sort of oh, yeah. my rage at the uh, best artist. So when I first moved to New York, I, I was 16 and I was, I was uh, working at uh tower records in the soundtracks and vocals section, uh, which was downstairs in, in purgatory. And, um, naras members which are people who vote for the grammys um would get a discount if they showed their card and this guy walked up and he had a whole bunch we shared the floor with classical um and uh this guy walks up with a whole bunch of like opera recordings and he gives me his naras card and i went into a tirade at this like you know i mean not blaming him but just like what the fuck with the Grammys. And, you know, you know, and I, I brought up Whitney Houston and I brought up Richard Marks and I was like, I just don't understand, you know, I like, like, why are they flouting the rules? And I just don't get it. And he's just like looking at me like, could I just please have my, my, my (laughs) but a week later he came back because he was working at a show at Lincoln center. This was, this was the tower records near Lincoln center. And he came back and he said, you know, I don't know who to vote for. Um, this was, you know, during Grammy voting and he goes, um, would you like my ballot? And would you like to vote for, um, for, you know, you, like vote for the Grammys? And I was like, Proxy. Okay. yeah, <laughs> so I took it from him and, and I, I like got to like fill out my first Grammy awards ballot and we stayed friends for, you know, for several years. Um, and I'm not going to say how I paid him back. It was not sex. Um, <laughs> Because I don't want to get arrested, um, but you know, I I was like so grateful to him, and you know we stayed friends for several years, and I voted for I I would fill out his Grammy ballot every year. Really, uh, for Should something give, like eight years. Give me give me some highlights. Who were your uh, Who were some of your picks? Do you remember? Um, let me think. Um, I definitely voted for Prince as much as I possibly could. Of course. Uh, Deserve it? Um, yeah. Um, let me think. Well, let me look at the best new artist, and I will tell you who I voted for. <laughs> <those> <laughs> I had this. Um, I definitely voted for. Uh, I voted for Mariah Carey. Um, I voted for Seal. Mm-hmm. Um, I voted for Arrested Development. Uh, I voted for Blind Melon.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Blind Melon were so good, man. They were. They, they had such a great album. It always, yeah. it always made me mad. I
1: had one of these. I mean, this is sort of pre-internet, but like late '90s, early 2000s. You know those just like thick dictionary kind of books, and it's like the dictionary uh you know the encyclopedia of rock and roll, and it like yeah. literally has every band and artist, and it's a thousand pages. And they had a new version. A couple years later in like 2005 or something and they removed blind melon from they were one of the artists that they removed because lack of relevance basically it was like these are the 20 artists that basically were in the last one that aren't going to be in this one. And oh, blind, wow blind melon was one, I, and that, I, that first album is what it's
0: that day everybody album, knows the b-girl no rain yeah but, but that it's, whole album it's just filled it's front to back like fucking great yeah, yeah. rock. We need to do a blind. But Mellonet they also stuff. they also I saw them on tour with that album at Roseland Ballroom. I'll never forget that Shannon Hoon in such an unbelievable voice. Yeah. They covered "I Feel the Earth Move" by oh, well, Carole well. King, mm-hmm. and like brought the place down. And then I thought their follow up album, uh, "Soup," soup, which was. Yeah. Super experimental and just vastly different than the debut. I thought that was, I I thought it was brilliant. Like I thought it was this, uh, I I thought it was like this unheard masterpiece that that nobody ever caught on to. I have to listen to that again.
2: I haven't, it's been years. And if you want to get into some deep tracks, you know, back in the mid nineties, there was this trend where, um, where they would get, they would get a bunch of artists together and they would do tribute albums. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it started like in the late eighties with Disney, where they had like people like the replacements, you know, like all doing yep. Disney things. And in the mid nineties, they did, uh, one that was called schoolhouse rock. Yes. Rock. I remember Oh. And blind melon did three, is a, magic three yeah. is a magic
1: number. That's my favorite track on that album. It's, it's amazing. it's so good. good. it's so good. Yeah, good.
2: So yeah. Good. yeah I mean, like th- there are some duds on there, mostly because some of the songs are kind of duds. Yeah. But that and um, uh, conjunction junction done by I want to say better than Ezra. I think did that. Yes, I think it was them.
1: Pa- yeah, Pave- Pave- pavement did a good one. Pavement's like my favorite. Yeah. One of my favorite bands. Biz they did a to the song on my one. record. Yeah. What's and that?
2: Moby. What'd you say? Biz, Biz has a song on that record oh Oh, yeah I can see that yeah yeah yeah. and Moby did an amazing version of uh verb that's what's happening oh my god really yeah um but um, yeah I mean you know God you could do an episode just on like you know, grunge esque singers who died before their time, you know, due to drug. You know, I mean, yeah. like there's Shannon, there was um, there was um, Lane Staley, there was, you know, Scott Wyland. I've been getting into into Stone Temple Pilots again recently, and I'm just blown away by how good their music was. And I, you know, I no think movie. Scott yeah.
0: Wyland is one of the yeah. most underrated Underappreciated frontman of all time.
2: Absolutely, and and
0: and, you know for
2: a while there, you kind of thought he was going to beat it because he he lived longer than anybody thought he was going to. But off topic. Um, But uh, yeah, so yeah, so that was sort of my history with the Grammys and 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 getting to vote for you know for the better part of a decade because I amazing I threw a a tantrum at some and and you were a kid
1: who worked at a record store. Who is more deserving of that? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Like, <laughs> if, seriously, if
1: like some if more music voters, executive,
0: whatever. No, I like, like you're that, a kid that worked at a, at a at a at a music store. I like that this dude told you, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. You do it. I feel like yeah. if if more people would just admit to that, maybe yeah. the Grammys could uh, could get back on track.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he 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 voted because he was into classical music, and and he voted for all the classical stuff, which was you know something that was completely out of my yeah. you know. Experience. i knew nothing so he would fill out the classical and then he would he was like here you do all the rest That's and, uh, and um, it was lovely i don't know that
0: i made a difference but <laughs> where uh we're getting the wrap it up sign but um i want to throw this out there cuz i was just looking cuz we we started off Kieran you were talking about um maroon 5 winning. Yes. they beat out uh i was just looking to see who they beat out they beat out kanye west for best new artist. And um I wonder if that's what started like the whole uh Jew hatred. <laughs> <laughs> like Adam Levine. Cause that uh that first album, of Kanye. I'm look, I fucking I'm very vocal about how I would love to watch him get launched by a cannonball right into yeah. the sun. Yeah. Uh I think he's a piece of shit. Which but, I've actually become more of a fan of him recently, and that, and that's
1: <laughs> those are our
0: different
2: views. Now,
0: but God, that, but please. that out, al- that first album was fucking brilliant, you know.
2: And 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 I, I just want to mention in that year, I'm going to give you five artists who were not nominated for Best New Artist, who actually deserved to be there. And I'm not saying that Maroon 5 was untalented. I actually really liked that first album and it was very good. But for fuck's sake, they weren't eligible. The album yeah, came yeah. two years before that. Um, Gavin DeGraw, Franz Ferdinand, Joss Stone, who actually I think might have been nominated. I Joss think she was. Joss Stone was, was nominated. Uh, Rooney. Uh, great little pop band. Great that pop happened. band. Yes. Yeah. And Scissor Sisters. Oh, um, yeah, they were great. One of the one of the best debut albums of yeah. of the aughts. You know, and you know, and other than Joss, none of those. I mean, Jesus Christ, Gavin DeGraw. What? What? I mean, I mean, that was a, that was a big album. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, he was everywhere, and and you know, they had to resort to like grabbing somebody to grabbing an act that wasn't even eligible. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just grand. and and now like I look at it and they they've, they've upped it to to 10 nominees yeah. per year and I don't know any of these people. I mean, you know, I'm I'm definitely, you know, old man yells at cloud and I don't give a shit. Yeah. But yeah, who the fuck the are way. these people?
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> a good title for the episode. <laughs>
1: I right. um, uh, thank you uh, for
0: having me. Yeah, of course.
1: Um, oh, it's it's always these are always my favorite episodes yes. having Kieran on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah okay. for sure, I, for sure. I,
2: I, I always enjoy it. I always love coming on, and uh, and I know that you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have lots to say. So, hey, um, I appreciate um, having me. we love it. I do have uh, I
0: do have an exciting announcement for the show. Oh, you tell. Uh, so we are uh, we are doing for people local to New Jersey. April 27th through the 29th, we are doing the very first Red Bank Comedy Festival. Um, You can go to redbankcomedyfest.com. You can get a $50 $50 gets you a VIP pass. You can go to all the shows. Uh, I think it's five shows over three nights. And Saturday, April 29th, we are going to be uh, doing our first live episode of "I Love Rock and Roll" in front of oh, a crowd, man. in front of the people. Yeah. In front That's of
2: fantastic! People. Can you say what the topic is, or you don't want to announce? We yet? don't. We don't even know yet. Yeah. Do <laughs> so. we get a time on that yet, Ken? You know,
0: uh, I th- I I think it's like four o'clock. No, well, we're still we're still booking it. It looks like we've got uh, Brian O'Halloran from Clerks, and we're working on some uh, we're working on some musicians, um, but. Go uh I think I think if you just want to go to the taping, I think tickets are ten dollars. If you want to go to all the shows, you can do it. Uh five shows over three nights for fifty bucks. Awesome. Um, it's gonna be
2: fun. Chip, That's very cool.
0: Chip, you got uh, anything?
1: Uh just at Chip Chantry on Twitter and Instagram and all of the stuff. Uh follow me. And uh yeah. How, how about you, Kieran? Where where can the good
2: people um, you know, I'm on, I'm on Twitter at, uh, at Joe, at, at Joe doc. Um, and same thing for Facebook. Um, <clears throat> I have something that's kind of interesting that I'd love to share with everybody that's happened since the last time I was on the show. Um, you know, I'm also a screenwriter and, uh, I oh, adapted yeah. a novel, uh, recently, um, that was a fictional retelling of the 1973 Led Zeppelin box office heist. Um, and uh, I optioned the book and I wrote a screenplay and um, the book is called Black Dogs and it's by a writer named Jason Bermster and you know it's a great book especially if you're a music fan and it made the 2022 Blacklist which if you're yeah. not familiar oh, that
0: is huge What? Yeah. that's yeah. amazing
2: Thank I forgot um, I, I texted
0: you when it came out and then I, I yeah. forgot to bring it up yeah. but that's huge yeah. and I, I want to read it um,
2: so you, you definitely know that my my love of of music and music history runs very deep. Um, That's great. Yeah. So yeah. So I've I've we've been meeting with lots of of producers who really like the, the the script, and I'm you know keeping fingers crossed that uh, we'll have a deal this year uh, to get it made. Amazing. That's
1: great. Congratulations. Congratulations, man. man. I mean, Thank if you're, you're looking cool. for a director. <laughs>
0: uh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> and ken kind of looks like john paul jones so just throwing <laughs> it out there so
2: just,
0: I, I i sing as well as he does too yeah. so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. all right karen it was so great seeing you as always yeah, thank you so man. much for coming great,
2: on great to be on thank you i appreciate it we gotta figure
0: out our next
1: episode thanks
2: That's, for your help yeah. of course man It was um, a pleasure
0: we'll see you next week